What's up, guys? It's Cameron from the Streets. Third string guitarist of Lionheart. And this is the fucking Scoped Exposure Podcast, you bitch. Dude, you're my fucking, you're my guy. <laughs> I'm your Canadian homie from Dang up man. in Alberta. My dear brothers. <laughs> my dear brothers. Uh, but uh, yeah, without further ado, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. We go from Cal. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry. It's like you burped. You burped, and then no uh, sound came out. Damn, really? It was like. <laughs> at least on my yeah. end uh, i'm just trying to make your life hell today just yeah kidding. no it's all good um but yeah second round two uh we have cam from these streets back on the podcast really really excited um Fun. yeah thanks for coming on man yeah like i was saying at the top of the episode the first time that we we i had you on it was like we're still like very midst of the pandemic going on uh these streets was just putting out the new ep um and now, like, there's Northern Lines to talk about, which was, like, a huge uh, momentous thing, especially for me, but I think also for Northern California. We got new These Streets dropping, I think, today, as far as when this podcast drops. That's what we agreed on? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and, yeah, a plethora of other things. So I'm excited to have you back on, my guy. Hell, yeah. I'm excited to be on. <laughs> looking forward to it um i think the first time uh it's funny with some of these uh returning guests some people came on kind of before the era of all the bevs so i was listening back to our first episode today and i was like man me and cam weren't even checking bevs at this point so i'm you know didn't check bevs no no we didn't we talked about cookie sheet mosh but no um no bevs still have the cookie yeah <laughs> that that story is for that podcast like we won't have to retell it you know people can go and check out that older episode if they want to if they're intrigued about co- cookie sheet mosh um totally but uh cam without uh you know it's tradition for the guests to go first so tell the folks at home where you're going to be sipping on for the episode i got a coors light he's <laughs> gonna shotgun right now this is Scoped Exposure Podcast first, people. Damn. For the dead, homie. <laughs> Man, you're, uh, you are You must have some kind of filter because I'm sure these burps would just be raging. <laughs> yeah. They're not bad, dude. Yeah, they're not bad. Well, um, I won't be uh, shotgunning this, but this do is it. what I'm drinking. No. <laughs> I, Come on, dude. I can't. I can't do this monster one. I gotta. I gotta let it go throughout the show. I'm. I'm guessing you got a second Coors Light on on deck. I don't. This is my last. Uh, I could run and go grab one, but I think I just. I think I did what I wanted. You just want to get the bevs out of the way. The bev is out of the way completely. No, that's fair. Yeah, I'm gonna be sipping on this. Uh, this Flume Puff Bar. Because <laughs> I'm trying to quit cigarettes. Yeah, a little vape check as well. 
the vape check. Yes. Well, I you know, you you can now say you're the first person ever on this podcast to do um a shotgun beer. So props to you, man. Someone better step it the fuck up. <laughs> Come on. Who who's been slacking? Um but yeah, Cam, I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Um, I would cheers you, but you've already shotgunned your drink, so I'll just like cheers for myself or for the screen grab, I guess. Um, should I grab like two more? Yeah. And uh, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna grab three more, and then at random points in this interview, you have to tell me to shotgun the beer. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I I will think about um about what what triggers a shotgun while you're grabbing it. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, do a little fast yeah. forward on the video yeah well I, I yeah i'm gonna do some um you know for the audio listeners it's just it's just us cam's over there um i'm gonna do a little bit of self narration to uh to bridge <laughs> before this episode even starts um let's see shotgunning a beer what should be the i think if if we say the word mosh for whatever reason or sorry, if Cam says it, that will be the thing. And I won't tell him. So he'll have to watch this back. Um, th- that's the rules. You you can hear anything I was saying, right? No, I was getting beer, dude. Okay, so this is going to be super fucking meta. I have a secret word. And if you say the secret word, then uh, I'm just going to... I won't stop you because it will give it away, but I will say, oh, you said it, the secret word and you have to shotgun a beer. something I would say? Uh, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a general hardcore term, so uh, you know, we'll see how quickly it gets to it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm pumped for this now. Like, <laughs> I, I was doing the self-narration, so I'm like, as soon as you watch this back, you'd be like, damn it, what, I was, what was I getting myself into? <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, dude, I'm really, really excited to to have you back. Um, there's been a lot, like I said at the top of the show, that um, that I wanted to chat with you about new music, and um, you know, I want to start with Northern Alliance first because you know that was the first made. Well, it was the first show a that Scoped got to film, kind of um, in in a long ass time. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say post pandemic because like people could still say that we are theoretically in that. But that being said, like that opportunity was like absolutely monumentous and, and super special for me. And the fact that we got to link up and do that together was like, it's still crazy. So, um, for we those that bunked, we even bunked together, dude. Yeah, we did bunk together. Don't forget that. <laughs> I, I n- never forget that. <laughs> um, but you know, for anyone who maybe has been living under a rock or hasn't seen, um, all of the scope content in the last, uh, couple months, can we just like break it down to the bare bones of what Northern Alliance was or is and, um, and the why behind the idea of how that fest and how it became, um, came together, I guess. So me, my good friend, Ricky Trigger from Lionheart, um, my boy, Troy, and my other boy, Andrew, we came up with this idea to do an annual fest. We've done it before. We had a fest called Northern Lights before. I wasn't really attached to it at the time, nor was the other two people, but it was Ricky's fest. Uh, but we kind of skipped a year or two, and then we decided to just book this. Or we, we got an offer to, to book a Madball show. I'm like, fuck it. Let's just build a fest around it. But the whole point of it was like, we're going to have some good headliners, but we really want to just showcase all the great local acts that don't really get a lot of love from like 
the the tastemakers, if you will, mm. of the hard machine. So we just wanted to just put a bunch of cool bands on bands that we think kick ass and you know it really give them the opportunity to showcase their fan base and bring a bunch of different people out to shows as opposed to the same you know normal you know let's say six bands you see on every show sure yeah and i think like um you know california is kind of an an interesting pocket of hardcore because it is such a big state um it's it's kind of split up in that like southern california and northern california sectors um obviously i think northern california maybe have have they they have gotten a little bit more attention with some of the bands that have been coming up in the scene and getting signed and things like that um but as soon as you told me like some of the why of like you know featuring the underdogs featuring the bands that maybe don't have the the clout or the hype behind them but still kick ass uh indefinitely that that was just such like a parallel to like what i do with scoped is like Yes, we'll film like the giant bands that, you know, the bands that I know are going to have the hits and the and the clicks on on YouTube. But I also love to be able to same give that same level of love um, to the smaller bands that like I'm being blown away by when I'm seeing them for the first time. Totally. Yeah. And and when you were like curating that, like, tell me about the timeline, because I because I think when I was like looking back at your, um, you know, your when you were reflecting um after the fest you said it was like a four-month idea so like where was it it like that's a lot of that's a very condensed time to book the the scale of a fest that you guys did so tell me about like you know uh how things like came together so quickly um i want to say we started planning it in maybe march late march early april Mm -hmm. um and we had gotten the offer for the Madball show where Ricky got the offer and he just brought up the idea of making it what it was. And quickly the, the team got put together and then we just started planning it. Um, it was mainly just like first steps were grabbing headliners and we got like some good ideas for headliners. And then we started booking the local bands. And then when, the ball kept rolling and, 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 you know, unity signed on and Mabel confirmed and all that shit. Uh, that's when the, everyone, people started, it, it, we didn't have to try anymore. People were hitting us up to play the show. Mm. I mean, usually that's how it goes. I mean, the, we, there's, there's, there's bands who get asked to play shows and there's bands who ask to play shows. You sure. know what I mean? And so we were just like, how many bands can we let on this right now? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> We booked quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. And which was great for me, especially not filming anything hardcore, like live related for like over a year. I was like, oh, I can get literally like so much content in like a three day span. Um, What was, yeah, like that, that whole process of like being able to, um, like you said, it was like, oh, now we actually don't have to go out and, uh, and seek out bands. It's like now bands are just coming to us. Like that, that is more the, um, that's what everyone wants with anything that they do in hardcore is like versus trying to um, just like plead for attention versus like, oh, now people are just coming to me, which is sick. Yeah. There was probably give or take five or six bands that just like hit us up relentlessly. We're just like, <laughs> put them on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The band will message you and be like, hey, man, if there's any room, we'd love to. And mm-hmm. we're just like, yeah, you're on, dude. 
do you think that there's like a proper etiquette for stuff like that? Because I, I think it always find it gets in a weird headspace of just like being a punisher and just like being overbearing. Um, you know, like hardcore is all about like, you know, if there's a door in front of you, kick it down. But it's like, well, what if like the door is just like you know made of cement? You know, like there's like you know it's it's permanently sealed off. The doors typically made of cement for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I I don't I don't know. It, it's such a hard thing, and it's it's like a it's like a give and take really hmm. when it comes to th- these types of situations. But we just kind of just like held the door open for anybody. Yeah. Uh, not not to say we put on like just like the most random people ever. They they had to be like a legit band, obviously. Totally. You know, and I mean, you saw every band that played every day. You know, there was I don't think there was a dull moment. Mm-hmm. And every band brought something different to the table, <clears throat> and it was just really cool. And every, it was just a good vibe. Mm-hmm. And that was really the main part of it all is just to have something that wasn't necessarily so <sighs> embalmed in and and clout mm-hmm. or or hype. You know, not to say that we don't. Bands don't want hype. I mean, every band wants hype, but it was just more. The, it was one of those things where it's like, let's just create our own conversation with the festival. Mm, yeah, and, and yeah. that's and a build, and build a community and friendships out of out of a, a groups of people who don't think that those things exist. Yeah, for them. Uh, I definitely, uh, you know, I was I was hoping that you bring that up as far as like creating your own conversation. Uh, but before we hit that, I just wanted to, you know, another piece that we were talking about you know, leading up to, uh, I, I think it was like during the festival, you know, you were bringing up like a lot of the bands that got put on were like really young bands who had like, you know, a, a festival. I think the words you were using were like a festival is like, you know, that's where you like really show your game face. That's where you like bring your A game. It's not like the awkward, like, you know, just, oh, I don't know what to say in between songs. Like that is your time to showcase what you got. Um, do you want to break that down a little bit for anyone who's listening or watching? Um, that wasn't sure. privy to that conversation. I mean, there's, you know, there's bands who just rock, you know, there's bands who no matter what play the same set and it's tight no matter what. And they put on a good show, but you know, I think a fest, when you really think about it, bands who play fests have to oftentimes play a different set list than they normally play, usually shorter. So they have to go no holds bar the whole set. Say they play typically play a forty-five minute set. Let's talk about like a headline or something. Play a forty-five minute set. They're they're playing a bigger fest than what they're typically playing. They're opening or playing midday on that fest, so they have to condense their set. They have to play a different set, yeah. and they have to curate that set to this fest. And you know, as for like these streets, I could speak personally for myself. Like when we play local shows, we just like to have fun. Mm. We like to enjoy ourselves, and we like to just party. I mean, you can see it from like our photos and videos and <laughs> our content. Like it's just, and just me, myself, I just like to have a good time. I don't really stress anything else. Mm. Um, but you know, we played a different set that day. We, we put on our game face. We fucking went out there and we, we and we, and we crushed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether people want to believe it or not, we, we played a really good set that day. And, and I'd take that to my grave. I literally like teared up after our set. So yeah, she, Shit was badass, you know, but when you when when you're playing a fest and you're up against all these bands, it's not really a competition. It's a team effort to make the fest great yes. and to make the culture and the vibe of the fest great. And so when all the bands are out there just giving it their fucking giving it 110, that's that's the best part of it. Yeah. I love all these bands like play different sets and like 
really just do shit differently. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a sort of a different perspective on like, now they're playing to a lot more people than they typically would and a lot different people. And the whole point of being, the whole point of playing a fest is to play in front of different people. Mm-hmm. And when you're at a fest, especially with two stages and, and shit like that, your job is to turn over and create a turnover rate with people at the fest. You're trying to make fans mm-hmm. and people will literally walk up. And if you're bombing, they're going to go, I'm going to go find some shade now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's really yeah. in your hands of whether or not you create that turnover rate and create fans and create connections with people. Also, you know, being at your merch table, you know, hanging out with people, hanging out with the other bands, creating connections. It's mm. it's just every band makes the vibe of the fest and the vibe is 100% what matters the most. Yeah, I guess it's really um, great how you broke it down as far as like if it's just like a five band show and you are a couple like you're a part of a tour package coming through. You know, people could, yeah, go take a piss or like take a smoke break. But when it's out of fest, it's like a long day's worth of show, uh, of a band. So you almost have to like really, really win people over of like, hey, watch me at 3 p.m., you know, versus like I'm the last band or the second last band of, of the day and everyone knows my name. It's like, no, no, I, I'm going to make you know my name. I'm going to make you give a fuck about standing in the in the 110 Fahrenheit heat, you know, um, so oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was real. I thought, you know, breaking that down is really important. I, and I think about every fest that I've gone to and I there's always those standout sets of like, you know, while there was 2019, like Sedition played huge response, like low end from Milwaukee was like, who who the fuck was that band before us? Sedition? Like, what the fuck? And so, like, you know, there's always those sets that like really and and especially when you're um, maybe a band that doesn't play to the you know the normal or the most trendy style of heavy music like you know uh like a band that really blew me away at uh, northern alliance was like phobia and they were the last band of the second stage and then it was like all kind of like harder uh heavy hardcore kind of bands but they were playing this like crazy kind of grindcore that i was like just just like blown away by it and you know some people might have missed that because it's like oh it's the second stage it's over and now i'm just gonna you know you know just hit the main stage stuff but like you know stuff like that really really matters uh when there's that many bands at play for sure yeah dude i mean i would say phobia and us because we play back to back we probably had the hardest sets of the day because it was smack dab middle of the day mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was the end of the, the second stage and the beginning of the headliners mm-hmm. if you will. so people are fucking they're not even on their second wind yet they're like <laughs> resting for their second win so we had to give it even more you know i was out of my mind tired when we played Mm -hmm. yeah i grabbed three beers before we played and didn't even make it through one (laughs) and drank like no stage water i didn't even have a stage water yeah i just fuck it let's go yeah let's just go um do you have a favorite and least favorite moment of that weekend as far as like you know like and i say that for as someone who is like in charge of things at the fest where it's like Oh, I have to help out with this thing, or like, like this moment was really, really special for me. Where does your mind get, go with that? Um, favorite moment? I'd have to say just playing my set because it was just like a some sort of relief. It was like the big relief of the first day. Mm. The second day was very relaxed for me because I was just able to work the fest and just enjoy myself. And do something smaller than 
you know, running around playing two sets and also working. Right. You know, so that was like a big relief. My least favorite part, probably like after the shows, because I didn't really get the experience of like hanging with everyone and doing the after show fun party stuff because I was too busy like cleaning up, talking, handling business, doing shit. I I, I signed myself up for, but didn't necessarily want to do in that moment, but I just did it anyway. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I didn't really get to experience the part of being a band at the festival. Right. The way I wanted to. Yeah. I was too focused on the festival itself. Yeah. I I think like most things, it's always like, oh yeah, do you want to come and do like karaoke or we're going to go to this bar and like all that is, you know, fine and dandy. But especially when I was down there, I was like, I just need to get as much sleep and rest as I can for the next day's worth of filming um, and just running around. Cause yeah, it's like, especially if you're like working it, whether you're doing like booking or, or filming or doing sound, it's like, you know, it's a long day of work. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, you know, fights break out, shit gets spilt on shit. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it can be taxing at times. So yeah, so, some, I have, I haven't been able to have like a proper hardcore festival where I haven't been like involved in some way in like, yeah. a long ass time. <laughs> have that soon i'm going to fya fest and i'm literally just like we're renting a big old airbnb for us and all the homies mm. and i'm just chillaxing the whole time <laughs> i probably won't even mosh i'm just gonna mind my goddamn business enjoy the cool bands and just fucking chill dude yeah i i, so, I do have to let you know you have said the secret word so that what? well i'm not was, gonna tell you what it is because then you're gonna it's gonna give it away it was fucking mosh was <laughs> i mean but I won't say no. <laughs> and you're like, how am I going to be on a hardcore podcast and not say the M word? Oh, the M word. <laughs> Good old M word. Uh, hard M. Hard M. Two humps. Don't get it twisted. Please. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be screen capped of like what I post when this episode drops. I mean, this is you asked for this, bro. Nice. Uh, I, I will say as well, before we get into our next, next subject, um, we're going to be having a soundboard uh, for the podcast. We're working on that. It's coming to life. And I, and I feel like I have to soundbite the cam burp so we can just have that on cue at at all times all right let's go how many i got left all right got two left so we're gonna max out at four (laughs) um i'm I'm, let's go back uh to what you were saying about um you know creating your own conversation because that's been something that we when we were chatting uh in the hotel room just like about different things and hardcore um that was something that you shared with me and that has like really resonated with me in the last little bit since I've been home uh, from the fest. And uh, yeah, I just, can you break that down just a little bit more of like what that means for you and, uh, and how you think that applies to Northern Alliance? It should apply to everyone. Um, You know, uh, I think there's, I think there's a, a, a create, like I just did a podcast the other day 
uh, to the Getting It Out podcast. Who's calling me right now? Someone is calling me. No, not right now. Okay, I did a podcast the other day, and we were talking about. He had asked me about all the California shows that happened post pandemic, mm-hmm. and um, he was just talking about that festival that's going to happen in Pennsylvania later this year, the winter winter something with mm-hmm. like Rude Awakening, Eton Concrete. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, it's just not, it's not going to sell out, man. People don't give a fuck here. It's like, people are still focused on the West coast. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, dude, uh, brought me right back to that. Mm-hmm. That whole point that we're talking about right now is like, dude, yeah. Drain, tsunami, gulch, hands of God. The Bay area is cracking. We get it. You know what I mean? It's amazing for them. And it's, they're truly in their moment right now, which is tight. LA Hardcore, Section 8, Law Power, Pull Your Card, Frostbite, all these cool-ass bands. They're having their moment right now. Everyone's watching. And everyone's, like, weirdly jealous. Hmm. You know, and they're, like, flying out to California for all these shows, which is tight. Come out. Come party. But don't, like, go back to your hardcore scene and fucking cry because it's so popping in the Bay or it's so popping in L.A., and just do nothing when you go back home, but like hype other people up. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's fucking cool hardcore bands everywhere. Like I'm from the Central Valley. We've always had a very small niche hardcore scene, very violent, very crazy people. And it's never really been able to grow or have the hype or whatever that keeps things as crazy as like it may be for the Bay, which is tight. I like it small, whatever. But you obviously want things to grow. But there's like all these bands from like the Central Valley, Sacramento area, like Kind Eyes, Mescaline Maniacs, Disperser, uh, Rise and Strike, Sissy Fit. There's all these cool fucking bands that exist. And it's like, they're all so hyper. Like, we need to play the Bay. We just need to play the Bay. It's like, bro, they're not going to like book you unless you make something of yourself where you are. Mm. You know what I mean? If If you're hyped... They'll be like, yeah, we'll take a chance on your on your on your show. We'll book you guys. We'll see how it does. You know what I mean? But like <clears throat> everyone's so hyper focused on being a part of something that they don't exist in. Mm. That's not theirs. You know what I mean? I don't I don't sit here and cry because these streets isn't on the tsunami drain gulch massive two thousand people show. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the Bay Area scene. And we're from the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. So creating your own conversation is just like not being jealous or weird about other people having their moment. It's just about like have creating your own moment. Mm-hmm. These streets have had a thousand great moments. You yeah. know what I mean? There was a point in time where these streets played fucking wild, but would, what may be considered hype question mark shows, you know? Um, but I never really cared about that, you know? And I, sometimes those things get to people's heads and they, they get a big head and that's, that's fine. Whatever. Have your ego you'll get humbled eventually. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Our ebbs and flows so crazily that like one scene will be popping and then another scene will be popping. And it's just like, it all comes in waves, dude. Totally. Uh, yeah. It's like the main reason why everyone's confused about the gulch breaking up. What, what do you They're, mean by that? Dude, I've seen so many people like, why is gulch breaking up? <laughs> it's just like, dude, <laughs> They are literally that self-aware mm. to know that their moment 
is here right now and they're going to make the absolute best of it and juice it, but they're not going to extend. They're not going to like overstay the welcome and let it be something that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I think that's fucking brilliant and it's really commendable. Yeah. You know, they're not focused on the hype. They're not focused on any of that. They never even expected any of it to fucking happen, but it happened. Happy happened. And they're living in that moment, but they're just self-aware about it. Mm. You know, um, a, a couple things uh, uh, that I just want to call back to, and then we'll kind of continue on the career and conversation conversation. Um, but, you know, when I was getting into hardcore, something that uh, like I was like a little ass kid, I think it was like 15, 16 years old. And, I, and someone I looked up to shout out to Chris. Um, he was like, I need, I need to share a reality with you. Every band you love is going to break up at some point. And, yes. and I was like, oh, well, okay, of course, that makes sense and whatever. And he's like, no, 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 like, it's going to happen. It's it's going to come out of nowhere. And uh, that's just, like, the reality. So there's – there on one hand, it's the aspect of, like, not taking things for granted, you know, jumping on the opportunities you can to see as many bands as you can while they're around. Um, and just, like, the reality of, like, yeah, like, every band can be hot shit and then gone within a month, you know? Like, you – so to to get a big head and a big ego because like you did things in a certain year but then you haven't done anything for three years is like come on um but going back to my my friend chris when he told me that it was like oh okay i guess so but yeah whatever chris and then like literally a month later uh like under oath was a huge band for me growing up and they like that was like when they first called it quits and i was like how you're under oath. How could you call it quits? But again, it's like that thing where it's like Gulch is like self-aware that they started this band, you know, Cole who came on the podcast was like, no one even watched us at our first show. Like not even our friends watched us at our first show. And now it's become this behemoth and they're almost like slaying the dragon before it can take off into the sky and become this thing that they can't even, um, that is beyond their reach. Um, and you know, even like, uh, Joseph from tsunami who came on, like he was very honest and upfront on how tsunami was like, just supposed to be a local or regional thing. And now there's people literally all over the world who are like, I'm not from the Bay. So I'm a bitch and I live in London, England or whatever it is. So, um, it, it is crazy. Um, that, you know, bands, to see some bands now that are getting so much hype that they almost have to like, okay, we have to shut it down and like, you know, end on a high note versus just like trying to maintain something. And then it like falls flat over a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, you either, you either kick ass and really hone in on that. And everyone's, everyone in the band is ready for that next step. Yeah. Or you're not. And you're just going to, you just got to be smart enough to play it right. That way you don't fuck up that next step. Gotcha. You know what I mean? E Streets has committed career suicide like three times. <laughs> like that's not a joke. Like we've had, we've had, we've been on bigger labels and we put out bigger releases and we were being told to tour around them and promo them the way the label wants us to promo them. We've had booking agents that have told us not to say things and not, when to announce things. And it like sucks the fucking fun out of it. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's heartbreaking in a way. You know, like this is the reality of being in a fucking band. Mm. And like everybody wants to be in a band, but no, nobody wants to be in a band when it's not fun anymore. 
totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like these streets has never really broken up, but we've like taken six to year long hiatuses, you know, six months, not six years to one year is what you meant. Probably. Yeah. 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 But whatever (laughs) we've taken the breaks we needed to reset Mm -hmm. and regret ourselves. And it's strange to look at it the way, the way we've done it because uh, like analytically we've just only grown as a band. Mm. We've never experienced the valleys or the lows or anything. We've only just gone up. Also, we've been a man for eight years and the metrics have changed every year mm. <laughs> on what success is. So you never, we, we don't even know what we're doing half the time, mm. but we just have fun with it. We don't have a fucking booking agent anymore. Mm. We, we work with upstate records, but we hardly have a label. Mm. I mean, we the upstate is so hands off. And we're so hands off. We just like let it happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's there's just no stress to it for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And that that stress of being like having like when it turns into work, and you're not get actually getting paid for it, it makes it not fucking fun anymore. And a lot of bands aren't ready for that reality. Hmm. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's yeah, and that's a huge point. And it's not to say that if a band is signing to like pure noise where it's like actually your job now is to be a band and tour and do all these things. And I, I definitely think that there is value in like going out, putting your name out there and grinding it out. Um, but if, if you're like getting, if your you know, hardcore day is traveling, getting to the show, doing all that stuff. And the only fun that you're having is in that 15 to 20 minutes of you playing, maybe something's off, you know, maybe you need to have some kind of like, rejigging of the things where it's like you either have more control or you know or you have less control like some people own like want to you know you be the booking person you be the manager you handle like the things that are stressing me out and i just want to play and hone my craft and be creative um but you know at times because hardcore is as as niche as it gets you have to you know work hard and do some of the the nitty-gritty work because like you know it, it, it's a privilege to just like to have a manager or whatever it is. Totally. And the, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Booking agents, managers, labels, they do great things for bands. Totally. Sometimes, <laughs> but you know, you have to be a certain level of down to be in a touring band. Mm-hmm. Like knock loose. Didn't get to where they're at from just like hype on the internet and people sharing their shit. That band fucking toured their asses off yes they started around the same time these streets started and they are like the biggest band in the fucking world but that's because they literally toured endlessly yeah and for these streets that's that's i mean for most bands that's fucking impossible dude like we have lives we have fucking most of us have all of us live on our own you know what i mean like we have to pay fucking rent yeah you have to be so down that you have to like be like and your parents have to be down for you too, because honestly, bro, you gotta live with your parents for touring like that. Mm-hmm. You gotta have something cush set up, or your band must be making some buku bucks to be able to fucking just tour like that and take L's until you start taking W's. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? That's why you see bands touring with like scabs half the time. Mm-hmm. You'll see bands that have like three members who aren't actually like in the band. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, dude, to get this to get five people who all have it set up and not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to live with your parents, but to have it set up or to have a job that allows you 
to economically afford touring and taking that taking the L's, playing the Omaha's on Monday type shit that you got to fucking do to like be big eventually. Hopefully, maybe. Yeah. Question. Um, you know, you got to to find five people who are all that down and have it all set up is fucking damn near impossible. You show me five people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, any band that is at a certain level has worked tirelessly to to get to that level. Like you don't have I'll to look the- very far to find the knock loose community center sets where there's like 15 people there and they're Dude, playing I stuff remember- off of pop culture. Like I drove like two hours to just roll up to a knock loose show in Fresno in like 2015. Mm-hmm. I think it was in Fresno and there was like 20 paid including the bands. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I was just like, I just, I just remembered knock loose because we played a show with them and they weren't even in 2015. They weren't even who they are yet. Right. They were playing the same level of shows. These streets was playing at the time too. Like they were just getting out there and just grinding, Mm. you know, and to see where they're at now, like I could see how they got there and it's a beautiful that they're there. And they're like the coolest people in the world still. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm going to use this in in a way to f- to fully circle back to our like create your own conversation um, topic because, like you were saying, like California, the Bay Area specifically has a lot of eyes. They're having their moment, um, but a lot of people will just be like, "Oh, well, I'm just from so and so state, or I'm just from Western Canada. I'm just well, from like this." I'm just tiny- What's that? Well, I'm just a bitch, dude. Well, I'm, I'm just a bitch. <laughs> that doesn't that isn't from the bay. Um, but no, like straight up, I do I do think that a lot of people look for, well, what can I do about it? Because we're in this state. And um, you know, for me, it was like that was a huge reason why I wanted to start at Scope. I saw a gap as far as like filming bands just started. I didn't really have a game plan of how big this shit was going to get. I had no idea of like some of the opportunities. I just wanted to try and do something thinking that maybe it would help someone else to some degree. And then just a few years later, you know, now we're coming up on like four and a half, five years of doing this shit. And like some of the craziest opportunities that I've had in hardcore have been through this means like, you know, like, like, for us to be able, like, I love the serendipity of like having you on the podcast. A, being a fan of your band and who you are as a person. Then Northern Alliance happens, and to think about like some of the you know seeds and conversations and little things that will trickle down and then become other things, other opportunities, other bands coming up here. Like that shit is crazy to me. And again, it boils down to like I'm just this kid from Calgary, Alberta. Like. I, I really have no business to be able to go down in the midst of like a, a pandemic to California to film 35 bands. Like, like that on paper doesn't make sense, but here we are, you know? No, but that shit, you do, you do have business doing that because you're just down. <laughs> and that's really what hardcore is all about, just being down. Mm. Being down for helping people out, being down for having someone crash at your house being down to come and film fucking 38 bands over the course of two days, no break. Mm. Like you're a psychopath, <laughs> but I think everybody in hardcore is a psychopath to an mm. extent. Yeah. It's kind of the point. 
I, I, I just like the, the idea of just <laughs> be down, be down to, you know, book a show that you know you're going to lose money on, be down to like pick up a camera and take photos, be down to, you know, play in a band with your best friends and go to like other parts of the world. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing because like a lot of things in hardcore, just to remind everyone who's listening, like don't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense for you to get in a van and like drive and play a show to like 40 people. Like if you were telling your, you know, yourself five years or 10 years in the past, you'd be like, well, well, is that making you money? Is that like, how, how is that helping you? It's like, you know, this hardcore for me has always been like people powered. And, you know, I think being able to take it upon yourself to start that if you're in a scene that, you know, isn't thriving and being actually the change that can actually spark, you know, you know, knock loose was the band to kind of like bring back what, you know, Louisville and, and Kentucky hardcore could be. And, you know, that applies to, you know, to anywhere you're from. So, you know, all it takes is like one band, one person that is just a little, you know, psycho when it comes to what they want to do in this shit. Yeah, just be down for whatever. Take your L's. I've taken a thousand L's, but I've also taken a million W's mm. that will only be understood and registered in my brain. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hardcore hardcore is what you give, and what you give is what you get. Mm. Do you think that um people in hardcore are sk- are sk- are oh they overvalue an L? So what I mean by that is like I have found that people don't try because they are fearful of failure. But like like you were saying, I think winning and losing is all about ratios. I've put myself out on this podcast, um, done playlists, film bands, and I've lost. Like I've fucked up an audio recording. I've fucked up a live set. I've I've missed appointments. I've you know I've done that. But the ratios from my L's to my W's is like you know it's it's way over on the on the w side so i'm curious on what your thoughts are on that i don't even think about that Hmm. there's no point do what you think is right always (laughs) okay be people's friends yeah let them crash on your on your floor and let them have the last of your shampoo (laughs) you have to fuck it dude like everything in life is fleeting Hmm. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, 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 I say that I've taken a thousand dollars, but I couldn't name any of them because I don't care about them. Sure. Yeah. Not you know trying I mean? to overvalue. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so when it comes to overvaluing L's, I don't know. Like I probably took 20 L's on Northern Alliance in ways. I don't know. I, I would, you, you saw me after every day and I was just like thinking about everything. And, like, talk, <laughs> thinking out loud. I was like, fuck like a million miles per hour, you know yeah. what I mean? But now, uh, almost two months later, I can give a shit. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> you know I mean? no, I I think you're right. Like I think like, but I have the, I have the laminates and the photos and the full set videos mm. to claim his dubs. <laughs> How many sets do you film? Thirty five, I think. Thirty five dubs. Thirty five dubs. You were that, there. That clearly outweighs the tw- the twenty L's potentially. Uh, you were there. That's thirty six dubs. Mm. These streets play. That's thirty seven dubs. 
these dudes had a good set. That's 38 dubs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one died. 39. Well, debatable. <laughs> I have not gotten an update on that one chick. <laughs> yeah, the one girl that... The, the biker hooker chick. <laughs> Literally died. Yeah, that, might, that up, might be like, an L, actually. Not a, I walked not up a, and I was like, yeah, dude, this chick just like took a hot one and died. I was like, what? The next thing I know, she's like fighting the fucking EMTs. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Yeah. She, she sped off on her motorcycle like nothing happened. Oh, okay. Do we want to talk about this or do we want to avoid this? I don't care. <laughs> there, okay. was like, there was like 500 people there that saw it. Right. <laughs> okay. So I'll break it down a little bit. I definitely want to talk uh, these streets music, but you know, since we're, since we're on the topic, um, so if you've been keeping up with the Northern Alliance sets, if you watch the Lose None uh, Northern Alliance set, you'll you might see a a biker uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, lady yeah. who was was clearly very uh, intoxicated, having a good time. Um, but like in that in that realm of like standing on the stage, and um, I forget the dude who who sings for Lose None right now. I, is his name Jacob or something like that? His name is John. John. Okay, I was in the realm of Jays, so shout out to John. Um, he he, I I I saw his frustration. Uh, What's that? He was a good sport, huh? Yeah, he was like, I could see his frustration of just like, I don't want to just like shove this girl off the stage because like, not only is it a girl, but it's also someone who's intoxicated, but it's also someone who's like affiliated with the biker bar that we're all playing at. So it was like. <laughs> A lose, lose, lose. What a shit show! <laughs> it's literally like a loot, like a lose all situation. Um, so you, you can watch that, that set. Mosh. <laughs> I was like, ha- I have been thinking this whole time. Like, have I missed any? But you just purposely uh, did yourself. <sighs> this is gr- this is a great podcast. I hope you really think so. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Okay. Um, but then, so Lose None plays. It's a little bit of a fiasco. Uh, John's trying to deal with it as best as he can. Hoods is next. Hoods is like the one band that l- literally every local person has been hyping me up. And it's like, oh, you get ready for the Hood set. It's going to be crazy. You know, playing in their hometown. Um, you know, so they play and then like into the first song you see that crowd of people like someone had fallen down or something and you find out through the, you know, you realize that it, it is this girl that you, you know, who is like clearly like, you know, out of her mind. Show stops oh, yeah. for 30 minutes. Is that safe to say? Let me stop you there real quick. Yeah, please. She wasn't affiliated with the bikers. Oh, okay. She used to be, and she was apparently supposed to not even be let into that bar ever again. Because of she this? Made, no. Oh, this is a previous thing. Yeah. Hmm. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I, I really, I really love that we're unpacking this mystery. Um. So the show stops thirty minutes. Is that fair to say? We're delayed. Twenty. Twenty to time thirty. Is, time is a construct. I don't believe in my guy. <laughs> so, twenty to thirty minutes. Um. Show resumes because. I think she finally comes to and she gets let off, but I could tell that she was physically like 
get off of me and things like that. And then I think it was Zach. Shout out to Zach, goth boy. Um, he At goth boy clicks four, four, four. Follow the damn guy. Follow Zach. Follow Zach. Follow Zach. That has to be the clip for the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it just to him so he can have it on his own. Um, but anyways, we're getting sidetracked. So EMT comes. Um, and then Zach told me that she tried that she got on her bike and rode into someone's car. And when he told me that I'm thinking like, you know, uh, like a single speed something, cause I'm just from Canada and we don't like motorcycles aren't a common thing, but it sounded like she was on her motorcycle and, and crashed into something. I don't know. <laughs> the second she left the premises, I was very hands off about that one. Yeah. You're like, it's out she of didn't my want hands. The- you didn't want the EMT's help? All right. <laughs> Think about your business. But as far as I knew, she got took a hot one, hit her head on the concrete, and there's blood everywhere. Yes. There was a lot of blood. I didn't see any of it. Mm. I think it was cleaned up by the time everyone came. I love how just Mikey Hoods was just like, everyone stay inside, do this. And then it was like, everyone get the fuck outside. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was just outside, like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting like multiple messages, like, when are you posting hoods? I'm like so excited for this. And I was just like dreading editing it because there was so much stop and go because of all of that. <laughs> so, what I edited the Lionheart video too. Yeah, which has yet to, to come out. Um, <laughs> but part of it came out. Was that? Part of it came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, highly, highly recommend people go check out the Northern Lion sets regardless. Um, maybe we'll use that, you know, clip that you were saying in, in a way to transition. Um, cause I definitely would want to chat some, these streets shit. Um, so you guys have an album that just dropped today. Um, that is yeah, today. Kinda, today. Um, so it's a collection of, uh, I guess like, is it fair to say it's a collection of Oh, we got the CD out today. It's out for everyone. Get it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Tell, tell the folks at home a little bit about it. Um, you know, it's, it seems to be like a, a collection of um, expect the worst and roll the dice, which is all the new shit kind of on one thing. Um Kind of. Kind of. Okay, break it break it down, correct the record, whatever you gotta do. <clears throat> so it was supposed to be a dual LP situation. It was supposed to be roll the dice, dot dot dot, expect the worst. But those uh those vinyl press plant times really really suck right now. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were looking at 14 to 16 months to get our vinyl. So we just said fuck it. Let's just put it out as an EP. Don't do the dual LP thing yet. Yet. So here it is. (laughs) These trees expect no. uh, Roll the dice. Is it sideways? Uh, The the the, the light from my webcam in it. Um, it's a nice jewel case. Oh, you're really showing it off now. Who did Uh, the um? Who did the art? I did have that question because it was really sick. (laughs) His name is Riley Herrera. He owns a brand called Learn to Forget. Check out Learn to Forget. Um, really cool brand. But instead of doing 
um, a dual LP situation and putting expect the worst on the A side, roll the dice or roll the dice on the A side, expect the worst on the B side. We ended up just doing a a CD and a digital release. But on the CD, the second half of it is all never before heard demos and B sides. Oh, okay. okay. So there's four, four songs on the B side, or AKA tracks five through eight or five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I, I dropped out of high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me not so good at math. Me uh, no good at math. We love I think you mentioned that on the last podcast. You're like you like really like to fly fly the flag of not knowing math very well. Oh, I know math. <laughs> A squared plus B squared it equals C squared, my guy. Okay. That's the Pythagorean theorem. Pythagorean. Do you know about the Pythagorean theorem? I do. Okay, cool. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, someone hit me with that question once. Do you even know what the Pythagorean theorem is? And I was like, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, dog. And he was like, what the fuck? And I'll never forget it now, ever in my life. Someone asked you that at a show? No, not at a show. I don't remember where it was. <laughs> but anyways. Could you imagine so, going to someone in between bands? Do you even know what the Pythagorean theorem I'm about to start asking people during our set. Can I get First, a Pythagorean theorem? <laughs> If someone tells me what the Pythagorean theorem is, they get a free shirt and they get punched in the throat. Being a nerd. Um, but yeah, it comes with it's four new songs. Um and then four B sides. One being well, two of them being two of the demos from Expect the Worst that had Izzy, our old singer, our old second singer on them when we were doing like more of a Lincoln Park vibe. Mm-hmm. Trying weird shit out. Uh, then there's uh, a demo of the song Bound to Break with the original ending breakdown without Darius from Spite. I see. Uh, it's actually a completely different breakdown. Oh. Like it's, so that's that's out there. Um, and then there's a demo of a song called Innocence that was on our record out of time that I find to be the better version of the song. Hmm. Sometimes when you make demos of things or pre-pro things, there's like something about it that you can never reproduce when you do the final product. Yeah. And this demo happens to be one of those times where just the demo was better than the final song. Hmm. Uh, so when we were thinking about doing the CD, we were like, well, we don't want to do a four song CD. That's like actually a waste of like plastic. <laughs> like we'd actually just be doing more harm to the world. Right. <laughs> but uh, four songs on a CD for to get thrust, tossed in some, some fucking UCD bin at FYE. Right. Uh, but yeah. Four new songs. I'm pumped on it. Yeah. And and at at the time of the recording this, well, the whole thing will be out this time, but you guys uh have, have yes, it's out it. today. It's out today. Buy it. That was so loud. I'm gonna have to like decrease that so it's like negative thirty DB. Buy the fucking record. Thank you. Buy the fucking record now. We really need the ASMR uh yes. call to action. ASMR these streets. Should I ASMR shotgun right now? Take the risk. Should I do an ASMR shotgun? Sure. <laughs> You're just looking for a reason. I was like... I, well, I thought I was doing a podcast, but it turns out I'm just... It's a normal. It's just Saturday a... Night for your boy. It's just a Tuesday. Well, it's Friday. If, since it's coming out on Friday, I have to treat it like it's oh, a Oh, sorry. Sorry. I broke the veil. And you know... 
Fridays are for the boys. So are Saturdays. What about Sundays? It's for your family, dude. It's for dude. your family. That's actually true, though. <laughs> Every Sunday, my mom has a family dinner. Anybody's invited. My friends, anybody. What's uh, What's the best thing your mom can make for food? What's her specialty? She got a pretty, pretty weak flavor palette. Oh. Uh, she doesn't like spices and shit, so her meals are pretty. Oh, my mom's not listening to this right now. Fuck. <laughs> my mom's meals are pretty boots bland. But she makes a mean beef stroganoff, dude. <laughs> oh, my mom's listening to this. No. She is it. Good thing my mom doesn't give a shit. Oh, man. All right, ASMR shotgun. All right, let, let's all be quiet for a second. Scoped exposure. Hold on. You got to use this for a... For a clip? No, for the... What's it called? The, the bumper? The teaser. The teaser? Or the intro? <clears throat> yeah, wait for it. All right. What's up, guys? It's Cameron from the Streets. Third string guitarist of Lionheart. And this is the fucking Scoped Exposure Podcast, you bitch. (laughs) I got Coors Light on my MacBook. Uh, Oh, man. This might be one of my favorite podcasts that I've done this season. Dude, people are too fucking serious, dude. (laughs) Hello, Batman. Why so serious? <laughs> I got oh, cool no. out of my MacBook. You got to clean that up. I had to ungentrify this MacBook real quick. All right. We're good. Dude, yeah. I'm straight. Okay. I was like, do you need a bag of rice or anything? I need a bag of something. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right. What's up? I'm like, what were you even talking about? We were like talking about your mom's cooking. I thought we were just hanging out. Oh, yeah, we are hanging out. Uh, Oh, we were talking about your band and uh, the new music that's out today. Oh, yeah, roll the dice. Yeah. So you guys put out Take the Risk. It's out today. It's out today. (laughs) I don't know where the album art went at all. Yeah, I just saw you throw it, and now it doesn't have the... Oh, Spencer! <laughs> What's even happening right now? Everything. Everything. All of us. This really, like, this really makes me wish that we were in person to do this call because it would just be like more just throwing things against the wall than. <laughs> now I'm getting high. Let's 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 fucking bomb this. Let's go. <laughs> So, um, do you want to talk about the other tracks that, uh, at, at the time of recording this, aren't out, but um, will be out as far as today's concerned? Let's talk about anything you want to talk about, my guy. Well, yeah. Tell me about the other songs. What are they called? Because it will be out by the time this is out. The B-sides or the normal ones? The, the, the new shit. Four bangers. All right. This shit's hard as fuck. Okay. Hit me with it. It's literally music to punch your fucking family members to. <laughs> on Sunday. Like, lit- yeah. <laughs> like, at your, at your, at whoever's wedding you got to go to, 
Tell the DJ, request these streets roll the dice in its entirety. <laughs> Front to back. <laughs> and then start fucking maiming your family. <laughs> Just hurt them all. Um, but Mommy, no, uh, don't use enough spice! Oh man! Oh, this is so good. Um, okay. Okay. Track one. Track one. Good night, featuring Lil B. Uh, who's Lil B? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh no! <laughs> Angered the beast. What kind of podcaster are you? Do your goddamn research, brother. I, uh, Lil to B. Be fair, to be fair, you're I was like, you're Canadian. Send me the music so I can listen to it in advance, and you didn't do that. You know you gotta hound me. Okay, well that's true, but I didn't. My phone's probably more popping than Paris Hilton's. <laughs> that's a fucking joke, honestly. Um, no, nah, uh, Lil B is a rapper. He is a, a Bay Area hyphy rapper, a legend. Okay, true, a fucking legend. Um, maybe one of the first meme humans. Did you say meme humans? Yes. Okay. I don't know what that means, but um, like someone whose whole like internet persona is a meme. Okay. Like a riffraff. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You're aware I, of riffraff, right? Yes. Up there. My main goal is to blow up and then act, and act like, like I don't know nobody. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Like, like riffraff. I yes. mean, Lil B was this Bay Area hyphy rapper. And then he started just like making his own rap and doing this whole based. Dude, his whole fucking thing was a movement. Mm. It was kind of like the tsunami of rap. Okay. That's, that's next level. I might be drunk, but that's next level right there. <clears throat> he had this dance. It was called cooking, basing, chefing. Swag. Swag. Bass God. Swag. Thank you, Bass God. Um, <laughs> You're gonna look. You're gonna look this shit up and just like get what I'm saying. It's gonna no, make I sense. I will after. I promise. Absolutely. So he like did this whole thing with rap where it was like a fucking meme. It was like a joke. It was like really. <sighs> Let me choose my words carefully here. <clears throat> Not saying tsunami makes bad music, but <clears throat> Lil B made really bad rap. I don't want to compare tsunami and Lil B in that way. Um, you want to sever that tie before really, that comment? <laughs> yeah, really bad rap music. Like you're gonna listen to it and be like, oh, this is actually bad. But he put out like mixtapes like every other month. Okay. It is just like, young bass god bringing swag while I'm cooking. Like just, <laughs> it'll make sense. I promise, dude. It was just bad. And then he, his Twitter was crazy. He followed everyone back, which is how he got him on this song. I'll get oh, to that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but yeah, we. Uh, he was a meme rapper. He was funny. He made like self-help books. Okay. People still don't know how to dictate whether or not he was serious or not mm. for any of it. Um, but yeah, Lil B, Base God. Thank you, Base God. Swag. Uh, I had to send him feet pics of myself in order to get the feature. That's how we wanted to be compensated? Correct. Mm. Is he a foot guy? He's a foot guy. Oh, he's very... Okay. If you look at his Instagram, 
it's all like feet pics that say little B on it. Interesting. Oh, did he's you a, did you character. have to go Toy Story and write little B on your foot before you sent the picture? I actually didn't pay him with feet pics. He just always puts Come on, feet man. Pic. That's what we're running with. For this. <laughs> I thought it would be a funny joke. No, uh, it was pretty inexpensive. But good guy. He was down. Who the fuck? Why the fuck you me, bro? If they Stop call back paying. again, you can take it. Uh, no, and, and talk to them on the no. On the it's a random number. It's like a it's like a robocaller. Hey man, let's talk about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, but yeah, he was really cool. He read my DM because he followed me back on Twitter a long time ago, like a long like 2009. This fool followed me back on Twitter. He read my DM. Um. Said he was down to get down on a punk track. And I said, I didn't want any screaming or anything like that. I just wanted some spoken word. I wanted you to just tell it like it is. That's all I gave him. And then I sent him the instrumental. Okay. <clears throat> I would, I'm going to read the text messages between me and Lil B right now. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Because <laughs> this is fucking comedy. <laughs> so he sent me his number. And I said, Can you see it? Is it peering up? Yeah. Uh- okay. All right, it is. Little, I said, little yeah, I said, yo, yo, what's good with that punk rock feature? He said, let me know. He's good. <laughs> I said, we got the track ready. He said, since you're 209, it's all love. I got y'all back. Let me know what you can afford. Send right back now. Email me the track. I'm gonna write to it and get back to, back your way tomorrow. <laughs> Send him a Dropbox link. He said, email me, fam. <laughs> <laughs> email me, fam. I'm not trying to dox him right now because he sent all his information. <laughs> our, our our webcam ain't too uh, too too good for that. So, and keep in mind, I'm texting him at two o six a.m. <laughs> I sent him. Uh, he asked for all our social information, and then I sent him. Just send back the isolated track, please. Records called "Roll the Dice." It's about taking chances. We have faith in the process. I guess it's fitting. He, he said, he said, there's no roll of the dice here. It's just to come up for y'all. Talk tomorrow. You're all good. And I said, thank you, base God. <laughs> to which he hearted. And then he said, blessings, family. I got you. It's sent. That's how the little beef feature happened. Okay. This legendary rapper. <laughs> That's so epic. We're doing our record release in Berkeley, California, too, which is where he lives. Oh, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping he shows up, but yeah. I doubt it. I'm not gonna hold my breath. Well, I I hope so, because that's I after this it. drops. So you know, yes. Um, but also the rest of the songs they're very cool as well. But Lil B takes the cake on this whole record. No, that's fair. <laughs> what are, what are the other songs called? Uh, there's Take the Risk, which we already just put out, uh, featuring your footage. That's true, Spencer. Is it prize or priest? <laughs> Which do you think it is? Priest. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> thinks prize because of fries, like F R I E S. I just like no, no, no. It's priest, like priest without take, the T. Take the risk. Filmed by Spencer Priest. Edited by One Hundred Seven Media. Featuring Take the Risk by These Streets. Produced by the base gun. <laughs> you're, 
Tell me you heard that. I did. Fuck yeah. There's a there's a late night talk show in America called Late Night with Seth Meyers, mm-hmm. and he does this bit where it's day drinking with Seth Meyers. He has an ASMR bit. No, <clears throat> but he has like these really big celebrities, and he gets them fucking hammered on live television, which is like, to me, that's just crazy. Their right. PR people must be like, uh, what's going on? Why are you doing? You know what I mean? But it's like Rihanna fucking hammered drunk on television. What could go wrong? And that's how I feel right now. <laughs> I'm kind of fucking drunk trying to do this podcast and promo record. And so far, I've done nothing but just get drunk. <laughs> and my band's going to see this and they're going to be like, Ham. All I'm gonna say is, dude, it could have been worse. I promise. And we we all knew the secret word, and you were just like, you know, for these last two, I'm just gonna force it. Well, I'm never. I was okay. So, if we're being straight here, mm-hmm. you know for a fucking fact, I was gonna avoid that word after it was given up. Totally. <laughs> and it after wasn't I, as I, common. It was. I was thinking maybe tw- every twenty minutes. That would be like a pretty good one. And then you did it within 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, and for some reason, I knew it was going to be mosh. When <laughs> you said the word pertain to hardcore, I was like, what would come up in casual conversation? Anyways, I feel like I'm on that bit right now because I'm kind so of. So you're, you're Rihanna and I'm your Seth Myers, is what you're saying. Absolutely. On the smallest scale humanly possible. On the smallest scale. <laughs> like we're talking like entry level. Well, I, you know, I'll take that as a compliment. You know, if I could get to any level that Seth Meyers at, like, dog, let's go. I mean, I'm sure he makes a shit ton of fucking money getting drunk with Rihanna. <laughs> That's every Which man's dream, right? It would be nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but this is a good time. I'm having a great time right now. I am as well. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm on Discord right now, just hanging. Yeah, it it doesn't even feel like a podcast, which I'm sure is going to be, which is I'm sure is going to be great for your listeners. Yes, why? Yeah, I'm sure people are are having a blast. Um, Because I do hate when podcasts are like feel forced or like you can see the interviewer going. All right, next question. Right, you know what I mean. This is just like the boys. (laughs) This is just the boys. For anybody listening to my my words right now. These streets is a song called My Boys, and it's about Spencer Priest. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard that song? I don't think so. Listen to My Boys, bro, because that's why you my boy. Okay. Stop fucking calling me. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. This is better than Joe Rogan. Better than Seth Meyers, better than Joe Rogan. We're shooting for the stars. This is better than Logan Paul right now, dog. That's that's a true compliment. Are you sure you want to go to the grave with that? I'm giving you that one, dude. Damn. Okay. I feel very special. You would put me above your ultimate boy. Well, I'll put it this way: like when I make these streets music, I'm just I'm I'm not trying to make music for anybody else. I don't care if that sounds selfish. I'm literally just creating my favorite band over and over again. Mm. You're frozen right now, but I am listening. Can you hear me? 
Oh no. Are you still recording? Yes, of course. I love this so much. I can't wait to you edit this. <laughs> but I've been struggling. But I've I've held on to my thought before we got disconnected. Okay. Let me regroup. You didn't even tell me what you were fucking sipping on. What is that? Oh, it's um, it's a green demon is what it's called. It's a blue raspberry lemonade sour beer. It's very that sound, good. That sounds so good. I want to shotgun it right now. <laughs> Next time I see you, I will make sure that I bring something from, from New Level, and then you can shotgun it in front of me. A New Level of confidence. Empower! Clip that. <laughs> I'm drunk. Okay. So, so, <laughs> hey, but I'm not stupid because I still remember what I was talking about when we got disconnected. He's drunk. He don't know maths, but he knows some things. He can remember what he's got to say. Beat down! <laughs> okay. No. I was talking about your podcast and... I related it. I paralleled this interaction between us. Wow, this is hell woke. I paralleled the, the reaction between us to how I how I approach creating music. Sure. And so that is I that is that I make music for me and me only. Mm-hmm. Literally, I don't care if anybody likes my band. Truly, hell of people do, and that's fucking cool as shit, mm-hmm. dude. I'll literally be able to be in a casket and be like, yeah, I fucking did something. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that made me happy. But I, I try to make my favorite band. I try to make music that is literally my favorite band. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. The fact that people think it's tight is really fucking cool. And it's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. But even if they didn't, I would literally still make this music because I think it's the coolest thing in the fucking world that I can literally grab a guitar and like create my favorite band. I think, yeah, that's huge because I think a lot of people, like you were saying, they see the real Bay shit show and they see 2000 people and they're like, well, I only have like 20 kids that are coming to my shows, but that's still 20 people. Like most of the people that you go to your office job or whatever, they couldn't even draw one person to their show. Right. So you have to really think of it as like, you got to do shit for yourself and eventually people are going to group from all these different little pockets that you would have never even expected and then build your own little army of people who fuck with your music. And dude, uh, it's the coolest shit in the fucking world. Straight up. There is one person I know that has a these true tattoo. It's only one person. Mm. And if someone else has one, that'd be tight. Send that shit to me. But I know there's at least one person who has our logo tattooed on him, and that's fucking hella cool because that person has a fucking knee street tattoo. Yeah, and, and even that, if I did, even if I did that for one person, that is cool as fucking shit, dude. Yeah, he's gonna die with that on his body. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I'm par- like. Re- relating this is because this podcast is sick as fuck because it's not even it's like literally what i would want to listen to in a podcast Mm. i appreciate that man 
And that's why I listen to your podcast. Mm. You listened to the one with Stu recently? I was watching it last night. Yeah. Dude, I, 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 I when I finished your uh your last episode, the last thing you said to shout out to Spear World, the best hardcore band ever, I was like, Oh, I just you know, it's funny, like Sue's episode is happening and then yours is dropping right after his. It's uh very serendipitous for that to all get tied together. Dude, Stu is the guy. He is fucking brilliant and Folsom, his original band. One of the craziest hardcore bands of all time. That's suck. Piss yeah. up a row. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you just being, you know, so, so supportive. Um, you know, I like, I, I'm not saying this to knock anybody, but you know, there have been people that have like come on the podcast and then they just like, I don't really see, see much else from them. And, and to be fair at the same time, like I've reached out to bigger people to have them on the show, you know, like, I'm sure like, it's just a blip for them. They might be ca- catching up with what I'm doing, but I can confidently say that the first time they had you on, that has just blossomed, and we've been able to do a ton of cool shit together. and And I hope that we get to do a ton of other cool shit together. Uh, you know, into it's the not over by any means, brother. Never, never over. It's all about just being down. Be down, absolutely. I'm hella, I'm hella down for you, bro. I'm hella down for you too, man. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's what hardcore is about. You could totally stay at any festival I do because mm. you're the boy. And I got you on a hotel room. Prior. Yes. Yeah, very nice hotel room. Hooked it up. Better, better than most. <laughs> <laughs> they still got hotel rooms, player. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was dude. Like, no my boys, me and my boy Spam, we're going to live lavish. Lavish. Um, well, dude, this has been really, really fun. Um, the last portion, as you know, is a favorite mosh story to share to wrap up the show. I'm sure there's a plethora of great ones from uh, from Northern Alliance, but whatever you got before you officially wrap it up. A great mosh story? Yes. How many guests have you had on that have, have gotten to the second episode? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say under 10. Did you ask them? Did you ask them all to say another mosh story? Yes. Okay. People have mosh stories for days. You know what? What did I say last time? Uh, I forget. How can, to- I your, how can I expect you to remember this when you have a database of fucking mosh stories? I'm sorry. That was a stupid fucking question. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I literally listened to it today, so that was like the best time. Favorite to be able to mosh do that. story. Or a good mosh story. Wow. 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 Okay, since this has been like a reoccurring theme of my life for the past couple weeks, I tweeted this photo of the Turnstile record release of Nonstop Feeling in 2015. Oh, with the silly string? You did share the story. Yes. So I'm going to give that give that story right now. Oh, okay. You did share this though on the last one. Did I? Yes, you did. I'm remembering it. That's as soon as what you said I shared. It. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> were queuing it up, and it was like, oh, man, in the Matrix, dude. That was the last one. <laughs> I had a red pill this morning. I know everything. Uh, oh, damn it! <laughs> I, 
what did I talk about? Just that there was silly stream. It was all fun. Yeah. I think you were saying right, like, if you know, if you were there, you know, you can break it down a little bit. No, 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 no. I got this. Okay. Anybody who was there knows this. There was a guy who got beat up at least four different times. <laughs> oh, okay. You did not share that detail last time. I don't know who he was, but for some reason, he just kept getting beat the fuck up. Damn. Bad. <laughs> and apparently he knew the guitarist of Death Heaven because the guitarist of Death Heaven, Gary <laughs> McCoy, posted some shit the next day and was like, this is why I don't go to hardcore shows. <laughs> Bobby was just enjoying himself and got beat up. But yeah, there was this dude who just kept getting beat up and he was like, Iron Man. He he was Iron Man. Dude, yeah. Dude, I've never seen a man get beat up four times and just like still watch Turnstile. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but Turnstile would be the worst band to get beat up to. Dude, like, how are you not enjoying yourself? During turnstile, how are well, you just exactly like, like so upset that you want to fight someone? Yeah, a band that I would imagine that would be like Sebulba or like something like that, like super beat down, heavy, not like a happy. I could see, I could see the average concert goer, friend of guitarist Kerry McCoy of Def Heaven, not enjoying <laughs> a super ignorant beat down show. That makes sense, but and that's the way that, is the that's the way that was fucking described as well as the Instagram Instagram post. Why don't of course. <laughs> It beat up no reason. Obviously, that guy did something stupid to get beat up four different times. Yeah. Real There's like, real. The, like shame on, uh, shame on me, shame on you. Fool me once, shame Wait. on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool shame me on three me. times, I'm an asshole. Fool me four Fool times. Four. You just got your ass beat a turnstile, dog. That's the now stop feeling, player. <laughs> Facts, dog. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that shit was crazy, bro. That's it. Like, I just posted a picture of it like recently because that's like a that's one of my favorite moments in hardcore ever. Mm. That band's not even from California. Yeah. Oakland. <laughs> and they have the they did that little run with Super Heaven, Take Offense, all the cool bands. Mm. And it was crazy. That show is permanently ingrained in my in my memory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, don't know, I don't know how it came up this time. I don't even remember it coming up last time. I was about to pull up the video and just be like, what did I say last time real quick? You edited that out. No, but you're no. good. Somehow it it's came almost up. like, uh, you know, you know, this podcast is just a continuation of our conversation, but you know, contain continuation of that mosh story. So yeah, dude, this is tight. <laughs> you're tight. Dog. How, how far did you, you, how far, <laughs> I'm fucking down for you, dude. How far did you get into your beer, man? I'm done. Oh no, no, no. there's like, I got a, a little neck of it left. Did you did you spark that when we when we started? It's empty now. I see you have Audio Technica headphones. What do you mean? Me too. Oh, okay. I got them them young Amazon velour. Ear pads, though, you should invest. I should invest. Yeah, those look comfy. I'm telling you, bro. It's like wearing wearing a bed. Is that what you said? It's like wearing a ham sandwich around your ears. (laughs) That doesn't sound nice at all. Are you kidding? Who doesn't like a ham sandwich? A lot of people. Even people that don't eat meat don't like ham sandwiches. Oh, okay. Well, a fake ham sandwich. Okay. Okay. A fake (laughs) ham sandwich. Now it applies a nice to everyone. 
wearing any sandwich, dude. Honestly, putting like a peanut butter sandwich around your ears sounds tight. <laughs> I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich last night out of like Cinnabon toast bread. Okay, well that's just Cinnabon that you're like obsessing over. You can't just say that for all breads. I would love some ciabatta around my ears right now, <laughs> player. <laughs> Maybe a nice French, French bread or Dutch crunch. A little sourdough. Some sour D, bro. Some sour, sour diesel. D, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's nothing like going to Disneyland and going getting the. For those who haven't been to Disneyland, California Adventure, there's a sourdough factory where you can get like a giant Mickey head as bread. Freshly baked and handed to you. Okay, well, I'm a big sourdough fan, so I have to check that out next time. I would. Oh, you're you fuck with the sourdough? Of course. Why would I, I bring it up if I don't fuck with it? Damn it! Well, next time you come to California, go to Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. Okay. And get that young Boudin's clam chowder and a wait, dude. Oh, are you vegan? Vegetarian, but vegetarian. Damn it, you can't eat fish then. Mm. But they have like soup. I'm sure they have a fucking soup you could you could drink. Sure, okay. <laughs> but you get the salad, get the fresh sourdough bread bowl in his fucking. Okay, crate. okay, wait, wait. Last question before we wrap up. Do you drink soup or do you eat soup? You fucking. I would inject soup into my veins. <laughs> my God. Preferably pho. Pho. Pho I know you're fa- a big pho guy. Four times a week, player. <laughs> Give or take. Give or take. <laughs> sometimes my more, sometimes less. I would literally snort, smoke, inject. <laughs> I would butt chug pho. Literally, when we we're prepping for this call, you're like, I gotta make sure I talk about the record. And then we're ending on I'll butt chuck pho. I didn't even talk about the fucking record. I talked about Lil B. The record kicks ass. Go fucking listen to it. Yeah, it's out now. I don't need to promo a fucking record here. I'm just hanging out with my boy. Yeah. But all things aside, roll the dice, these streets, out now. Go Upstate listen records. to it. Upstate records. GD records. Northern. California hardcore at its finest. Northern Alliance. Northern Alliance. GD Records, Gangsters Never Die Records. You know the vibes. That's my record label. I'm just plugging that. I'm just announcing it right now on this podcast. Oh, okay. GD Records is my record label. It's not a joke. I promise. It's in your bio. And I was like, wait, what's going down? GD Records, player. Gangsters Never Die. It's the new death row, but it's for hardcore. Love that. <laughs> so sorry, Spencer. No, you're fine. <laughs> well, I can't, that, I can't wait to listen to this. Me too. Me too, honestly. Um, thanks for tuning in for the podcast. Okay. Bye.
trains, bitch. God, I hope he puts it in. <laughs>